0: with the first jewel claim. Oh, it's a photo of the Derby! Mystic Sam!
1: The race for the Triple Crown erupts into an epic party. The Preakness Stakes, May 18th on NBC and Peacock. I'm ready to go! Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now, only on Peacock.
2: Welcome into Bet the Edge on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. I am your host, Sarah Frome. And of course, that is my good friend, as always, Drew Dinsick. Coming up on the episode today, baseball back after the All-Star break and we're going to break down tight division races with You Better You Bets Nick Costos and our very own Drew Silva. Can the Braves catch the Mets and is there value to back a team to win the AL Central? We're going to answer those questions. Plus as we always do, Drew and I will wrap up the show with our Edge of the Day. Those are our best bets on the board for today. We have that plus a lot more coming up here on Bet the Edge powered by PointsBet. Drew, Happy Monday. How was your weekend? Both betting wise, not betting wise. You tell
3: me It was a great weekend, Uh, you know, just an ideal summer, uh, summer weekend, got to reconnect with a bunch of friends we haven't seen in a while as well. So outstanding and all around, Uh, got to put a exclamation point on the World Athletics Championships where the USA brings home 13 gold medals, 33 in total. It was just a masterclass of a performance by Team USA. So that was great winning, uh, you know, winning winning. Um, runs all around the uh, uh, the Eugene track uh, up there in Oregon. Oh, cool. It was quite a cool weekend for them. So very cool. And uh, a lot of no doubters, unlike uh, whatever in the world was going on in the NASCAR uh, situation yesterday. Did you catch any of that?
2: Ridiculous. So it's funny, I didn't see it until early this morning. Um, crazy controversy going on, read about it. So For those of you that didn't follow it, Danny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, disqualified. Um, There's post-race inspections and essentially they had an illegal I don't even know what to call it in their car. You could probably describe it better. But Chase Elliott finished third. Now he's the essentially the winner. They're going to now send the cars, I believe, to North Carolina, inspect them and see. But it is kind of crazy because this is the first time NASCAR has stripped the title of a driver via post race inspection dating back to 1960. So pretty wild what happened in the NASCAR world this weekend.
3: Yeah, I've never seen that before. Obviously, it hasn't happened since 1960. And, uh, you know, honestly, it's been a little bit of a quiet season for NASCAR. For them to be making news like this is uh, kind of not great for them. But yeah, not
2: not the best luck, but it is... I guess if you were a backer of Danny Hamlin, the good news was Points Bet, who obviously we were close with, they paid out the bets for Danny Hamlin if you had them. So via the sportsbook rules, people cash their tickets. But obviously, Kyle Busch, Danny Hamlin, not happy about that. We'll see what comes. But that was wild out of the NASCAR world. I will say I got a a um, soccer winner. I just want to say. Yes, the last, Philadelphia new, Union. That is my new, not my new sport. I played soccer. But this is my new betting. I think wheelhouse. Um, VAR, thank you very much. I don't know if you caught a lot of that game. But. I like the MLS, obviously, fun winner. So we'll move on. I just wanted to brag for a second that I got a nice winner. I feel like I haven't had a plus money in plus a while. Plus 175
3: money yeah. line right. I just yeah. had, felt good. Like That's I had great. good
2: vibes into the weekend. Yeah. Okay, just a reminder. If you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor, at powered by PointsBet. Go download it now. The contests are free, easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in Major League Baseball, on the PGA Tour, and NASCAR Circuit. We also have a special contest on Tuesday and Thursday called Battle of the Bets, where you can agree or disagree with our experts for a shot to win some cash. Mm -hmm. Big Battle of the Bets right now. What's going on? A lot of baseball talk. And we're going to get into Battle of the Bets, of course, later today. But for now... Let's bring in Drew Silva and Nick Costas to help us break down what's going on in the world of baseball. Let's begin in the, the NL East, obviously getting a lot of headlines with New York Mets, specifically Atlanta Braves now with injuries happening to Duvall. So we'll see kind of how this division plays out. But, Nick, I'll start with you because you do live in New York. I know you're a Yankees fan, but I want to talk about the Mets for a second. You know, being in New York, following the NL East and baseball, as you do with betting, what's kind of the vibe and how are you reading the New York Mets right now?
4: Well, I, I can tell you that you know, any weekend where the Red Sox lose by a combined like 7,000, <laughs> great weekend to be a, a fan of the New York Yankees would take two of three Of course, from the uh, from the Baltimore Orioles, but I can tell you that uh, much like my anxiety is growing um, as we approach October as a Yankees fan, the collective anxiety of Mets fans is is swelling as well. And you know, we had last week on You Better You Bet, we had on Odyssey Sports Major League Baseball Insider, our good friend John Heyman, who also writes for the New York Post, um, and he basically like, I'll believe Jacob Degrom's back when I see it. That Degrom's going to be back in a Mets uniform this year. Now he's not reporting that Degrom's not going to pitch this year. That wasn't what he was saying. But I think his kind of his attitude kind of reflects what a lot of Mets fans are feeling right now. And Mets fans are obviously really locked into their team. New York, obviously a fantastic baseball town. And like, there's a lot of mystery and like it's shrouded in secrecy. Like when is DeGrom going to be back? When's this next reha- rehab start going to be like, what's the shoulder soreness he's dealing with right now. And I think because of that, you know, the Mets right now, I'm, I'm looking right now at the points bet odds and at Bet Rivers, mm-hmm. it's pretty similar. Um, the Mets minus 150 Braves plus 105. I think these two teams are like pretty equal. If DeGrom's not going to come back, I think there's a case to be made. The Braves are probably better and the Braves have certainly played better since the, uh, since May began here, so I think basically, like, whichever team is plus money is worth taking a shot on here, and the longer we go without Jacob deGrom coming back, and again, it's not that I think he's definitely not going to come back, but, like, you start to be like, hey, like, what's actually happening here? So if the Mets were plus 105, I would say, hey, let's take a shot on the New York Mets here. I really think it's basically, like, whatever team is plus money is the team probably to look at here. I don't think there's a lot separating the teams, despite the fact the Mets currently hold a a two-and-a-half game lead atop the NL East.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think, frankly, like, the Mets fans probably thought that the collapse was coming sooner and more aggressively than it has. So maybe they're playing. Oh, I think you're wrong about money. that.
4: I think Mets fans are conditioned <laughs> that this is going to be like, you know, like, like with the Marlins in 2007 and the Phillies and in 2009, what we saw in that time period here. It's okay. Let me reframe that. I
3: thought the Mex- Mets collapse was coming more, more quickly than it has. So I, you know, maybe they're playing with house money in my mind right now. Uh, Drew Silva, do you have a read or any inside sources that tell you DeGrom is actually on the radar this season? And does that, does that, uh, uh uh, you know, ultimately make a plus B bet on the Braves at at plus one hundred five.
5: You hope that what he's dealing with is just routine soreness. Like he made three minor league rehab starts and they were all very successful. He looked like Jacob Degrom. He was hitting triple digits with his fastball, and then he feels a little achiness in that shoulder, which scares you. But he threw a side session the other day. He's supposed to maybe go out on a minor league rehab assignment again sometime this week to restart that thing and and push toward a return to Queens. I don't really have a good read on the situation. I don't think the Mets really have a good read on the situation. They've slow played this the entire year. They're hoping this doesn't become a significant setback. I'm kind of dancing around uh, the question because I have no clue. If he makes it back and they have DeGrom and Scherzer in the rotation for the first time, this could be a better team in the second half than it was in the first half. And they had one of the best first halves they've ever had in franchise history it was their best record before the all-star break since 1986 when they won their last world series i kind of agree with nick that you probably just want to take the the plus odds on this the team that has the plus odds feels like the better bet because it's 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 really close and i mean so much is dependent on the trade deadline too and and that's another Level well, of that's what I was going to actually yeah. follow up
2: with you, Drew. I am curious as you talk about, you know, Jacob DeGrom and, and what they'll do, whether it's adding relievers or a DH or whatever we're hearing from the New York Mets. And the Braves now probably have to make a trade too because Adam Duvall season ending surgery and a few players kind of struggling like some in the league right now on the Braves side. good so, last year
4: at the trade deadline. The exactly. The yeah. So there's
2: certain teams and I think the Mets are one and the Braves are another team that aren't afraid to go out and take on big contracts or whatever have you. So is this kind of a sit and wait and see who both the Braves and Mets are? add at the trade deadline or would either of you guys feel inclined to get involved now?
5: Well, the Mets are not scared to spend money under Steve Cohen. We know Mm -hmm. that. So they would maybe be more inclined to go after Juan Soto. I mean, they've been mentioned in the running there. I don't know if they have the minor league pieces to get it done when compared to like the Padres and the Cardinals and the Dodgers. Uh, But that's the Juan Soto factor is is huge here too. I would expect the Mets to do more at the deadline just because they've been so aggressive under this new ownership. The Braves probably need more pieces though. They need another starting pitcher too. Like Ian Anderson has been pretty awful, which, you know, it it stinks because he had such a promising start to his career. Uh, Spencer Strider might run into some workload issues. Charlie Morton's not getting any younger. I think they need a starting pitcher and they need an outfielder. And I wonder if they're going to be able to get impactful players in both of those spots.
4: Shame about Ian Anderson. I absolutely loved him as the front man in in, in Jethro Tull. Um, But his concerns like the Juan Soto thing, like I'm actually, I want to talk about him when we talk about the NL Central and the St. Louis Cardinals. I think that's interesting. And just as like the Mets are concerned, you know, I think it's probable. Like I said, I'd rather take a shot on the Braves here and plus money to win the division and finish with more regular season wins. If DeGrom comes back and is good to go in like the final week of the regular season and the Braves still win the NL East, like, I think the Mets are still more likely to win the World Series if they yep. have those two guys than the Braves would be. Or maybe, like, honestly, I, I take the Mets to win the NL pennant. I, I don't care what seed they are in the playoffs if they have those two guys at the front of the rotation. So for the Mets, like, it's it's not about winning the National League East. It's about having those two guys healthy and a competent manager.
3: Also, if you're the Braves, you have a clear path to the playoffs via the wild card at this point. You're not, you know, the, the, the fabric is a little different. You know, in terms of priorities, plus you have, you're the reigning world champions. Like the idea that you're going to give up all of your future assets to try to win a division this year is a little yep, uh, soft, right? So, yeah, there's, a, there may be Braves perfectly comfortable heading in as a wild card to try to defend their title. The Central is not as clear cut. Uh, in, my, in my mind, at least, because the Cardinals are on the bubble very much so. And so they, do, they may be feeling a little bit of pressure uh, to put, uh, you know, put something together here to close that gap between them and the Brewers. Uh, Drew Silva, being from St. Louis, you probably have your finger on the pulse here. People in the city nervous at all or everybody sort of feels like this team is going to ultimately realize their potential?
5: No, it's it's contentious around here right now, especially with the news that Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt are not vaccinated, so they can't go to Toronto for this this series that starts the week. And Steven Matz went down with a MCL strain in his knee, but his on his first start back from the IL from from an arm injury, so they need two starting pitchers too. And I think they're in position to get one. Soto, they can do it if they want to, it makes sense short-term, it makes sense long-term. If they do want to sign him to an extension, that money would come in when Paul Goldschmidt's money comes off the books, Arnauto's money comes off a couple years later. They can totally make him the face of their franchise and they have the prospect capital to get done. So it's such an interesting aspect to this race. Um, And I really think they might do it. Like I don't have Mm -hmm. sources inside the Cardinals, but it seems like the, these negotiations maybe started a couple of weeks ago. Like we just heard that he turned down the extension last week, but I think he turned out, down the extension toward the beginning of July. And that this has been kind of on, you know, this, that these negotiations have been happening longer than when we first heard about it. And I feel like the Cardinals can do it if they want to.
4: Yeah. So um, I, I agree with Drew. I think if I had to like, if you putting a betting market out there, like if Juan Soto gets traded this year, where's he going to go? I, 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 I do think it's St. Louis, right? So I think that provides us with a potential interesting betting opportunity, right? So if we believe that by Tuesday, August 2nd, um, or when we, when we wake up on August 3rd, that Juan Soto may be a member of the St. Louis Cardinals, then we can say, okay, Goldschmidt and Arenado also aren't going to play in this upcoming series against Toronto, who just scored a billion runs and bludgeoned uh, the Boston <laughs> Red Sox here, then maybe we have an opportunity to get a good number on the Cardinals after this series, with Toronto, if we assume that Soto's going to be there and then we get Goldschmidt and um, and Nolan Arenado back. Now, looking at the odds currently what they're at, like Milwaukee's a pretty big favorite. Milwaukee should be a big favorite. So it's not like this number is wrong or I'm like, oh my God, like St. Louis, oh, the value on this number. Just that I think if Toronto beats them up, which we might expect, or maybe it just wins the series or whatever, and then Goldschmidt and Arenado come back, Goldschmidt's obviously white hot right now and is like, become like a what, minus 140 now to a National League MVP. They get Soto at that point. Like, I, I would definitely roll the dice on the St. Louis Cardinals, who, by the way, like, they're plus 155 for a reason. They could also just, like, organically win the division as well. Like, that's not outside the realm of possibility, even without Juan Soto. So the way that I would look to play it, if you're looking to play the National League Central, and you agree with Drew and I, Silva, Drew Silva and I, I don't know, if Dinsic agrees, that Soto could be a member of the Cardinals. I'd wait until after the series with Toronto, hope the Blue Jays win the series, get a better number, and go from there.
5: These are both really flawed teams is what I would say like they're not really that good of teams Um, they've both played well against bad competition and the Cardinals have the easiest schedule of any team over the over the remain the two months that remain of the regular season I would factor that in Uh, the Brewers have an easy schedule too they're both going to beat up on NL Central teams and the Cardinals have I think six games against the Nationals left too so if they pluck Soto away and then go Mm -hmm. beat up on Washington that gives them an edge as well
3: well, double edged sword there. Um, yeah. Let me ask you, Nick, about the Brewers before we get out of here, because I'm trying to figure out this was the buzziest team among the baseball sharps that I know
4: come, you know, back in, like, April. and mm-hmm. uh, you I know, talked about got, them in, like, every radio interview I did. It's like, oh, well, what do you like? Possibly it's like a <laughs> yeah, well, well like got, the Brewers yeah, are pretty yeah, good. Yeah, they got the they got starters.
2: Got the we spent so much time talking about the Brewers. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I mean, presumably, it's a team that's built for postseason success with the strength of their starting pitching, but for whatever reason, like, it's just not really working out so far this season. Do you have, like, a general read on whether these guys are going to be a factor one way or the other when it's all said and done, or is this just a team that was overrated and we all missed something?
4: I don't know if it's that they're overrated. I just think it's like it, it comes down to trust to a large degree, right? And, you know, they've obviously got the horses to be able to say, okay, like if this team catches fire, make any team – I mean, I don't – True, I'm guessing as a St. Louis Cardinals fan, I think back to that team that David <laughs> Eckstein won MVP. Any team can get hot and win a World Series, yep. right? So it's within the realm of possibility. They've got a, a great back end to the bullpen and two stud, stud starters, obviously. But it's like when it comes down to it, are you going to trust the Brewers or the Dodgers in a series? The Brewers could beat them, but I trust the Dodgers to win that series. Would you trust the Brewers or the Mets? Would the Mets have the two guys at the front of their rotation? Assuming DeGrom is there. I think I think I trust the Mets. I think I would trust the Braves. So it's not that the Brewers can't do it. It's just that I, I'd rather put my money elsewhere if I if forced to choose
2: Yeah, wait to see the numbers that come out as we look ahead past the NL Central. We're talking about winning the National League. By the way, Brewers two and a half games up on the Cardinals in their division. They're going to play each other seven more times the rest of the season. The Cardinals are Brewers and Brewers. So interesting to keep an eye for the NL Central. And of course, what happens with Juan Soto? I'm sure, sure Drew Silva over there is uh, rooting for him to go to his city. I know Nick has to jump. We're going to get to the American League in a second. But if you're not following Nick on Twitter, you could do so at the Costos. You check him out and you better, you bet every single weekday with Ken Barkley. Three to seven PM Eastern. Nick, thank you so much for the time.
4: I I just, I'm just can't wait for the time when you ask me about a team that plays in the state of Wisconsin and it's the Green Bay Packers, not the Milwaukee Brewers. But great to (laughs) be on with you guys. Really, until everybody, until then, wishing everybody minimal sweats, winning bets, the absolute very best of luck.
2: And like I said, we're going to get to the AL Central first. Quick reminder, weekends are better with MLB Sunday leadoff coverage presented by Uber Eats. Catch the Tigers take on the Blue Jays in Toronto this Sunday, July 31st at 1130 a.m. Eastern live on NBC and Peacock. To learn more, go to peacocktv.com slash MLB. And if you want a chance to win $25,000 on the game, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em Contest. What do you want from your sportsbook? Better odds, fast and easy live betting. Sounds like you don't want to just bet. You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, the official sportsbook partner of NBC Sports, you get better odds and bigger payouts, all in a fast and reliable sportsbook. Download the app now and sign up with code NBC2000 to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Additional terms and conditions apply. Must be present in New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, New York, Pennsylvania. Void where prohibited must be 21 plus. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800GAMBLER.net. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. one 888 522 Three two three five zero zero in Virginia. Eight seven seven eight Hope NY or text Hope NY four six seven three six nine in New York. www.pointsbet.com/terms-and-conditions. Nick had to jump, but that's okay. We have Drew Silva here to help us break down the AL Central. You know, there's obviously, these are the most intriguing divisions in, in my mind. We talked about the NL East, the NL Central. The AL Central is another one that pops for so many reasons. And I'm curious kind of, just to pick your brain, if I look at the Twins, the White Sox and the Cleveland Guardians, right now, obviously, the favorite and rightfully so is Minnesota. They're the best team. But the White Sox have so much talent. And it's confusing for a lot of us, in the betting space, to wrap our head around how this team, this squad, is third in their division right now, what will they finish at, and could they end up winning the division? You find plus money on them right now. How do you ultimately look at the American League Central, and how do you recommend or advise betters to kind of handicap this division down the stretch?
5: It's it's a tough one, and yeah, the White Sox not being better than they've been is confusing for me too. They've had a lot of injuries. Uh, Lucas Giolito has not pitched like Lucas Giolito. He's been a little bit better lately. Like going into the break, he had a couple of I think four out of his five starts you could consider dominant. So that's a huge factor in this. If he can just be close to the guy that he's usually been, that goes a long way. Him having him and Dylan Cease, com, you know, combining to be the one and two guys and then Michael Kopek being a solid third and Johnny Cueto has been pretty good too. And mostly they just need Eloy Jimenez to be healthy and Luis Robert to be healthy. Um, Tim Anderson to stay on the field. Yohan Mancata. they have all had like nagging injuries throughout the year. Some of them more nagging than than you know. Some of them more major than minor. Uh, speaking of of Eloy, especially, I I feel like I I want to pick. I've want to back the White Sox. Like I felt that going into the year that the White Sox were going to run away with this division, and they just haven't. Which makes the Guardians I think kind of interesting. Um, they have the pitching. They need to add bats. They have one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. So if they wanted to get a little bit aggressive at the deadline, take on a bad contract from another team, find a way to to pump up the middle of that batting order, get Jose Ramirez some help. Like Josh Naylor's been pretty good. He's been hitting cleanup for them. I wouldn't say he's a traditional cleanup type hitter. When you look at most other contending teams around the league, he's not that guy. Um but if they can add a bat if they can add josh bell from the nationals like that would be huge to to extend that lineup a bit more and i mean tristan mckenzie and shane bieber have been great i think they have the horses to get it done and i like where those odds are just if you're going to take a long shot bet on them yeah i think the white Sox are the most talented the the twins are in command but the guardians are the most intriguing for me
3: yeah surely a a three-team race where Probably only one of these teams is getting in. I think right now yep. you have to give uh, Toronto and Tampa two of the wild card spots. And Seattle looks pretty strong right now to pick up that third. So maybe only one seat at the dance for the AL Central, um, which makes uh, obviously uh, decision making at the deadline a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit more interesting. I guess um, I'm curious uh, the Twins being. You know, having a decent lead in this division at this point, but being plus money, uh, is that just because they can't seem to stay healthy? People just don't believe that this team will, you know, will just be able to hold their form through the tougher, tougher portions of their schedule coming up.
5: Yeah, I think it feels like a really flawed roster. Um, if yeah, if, if they have Byron Buxton, Carlos Correa healthy at the same time. Going into the playoffs, you'll feel really... Luis Arias at the top of the lineup, he's been awesome. I think he might get some down-ballot MVP votes. Not that he's going to win it. They definitely need starting pitching. Like, Joe Ryan leads their rotation. He's getting up into territory that he's never been in innings-wise. You worry about him kind of hitting a wall down the stretch, and then you're relying heavily on, like, Sonny Gray, Dylan Bundy, and Chris Archer, which is... I don't know. Doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. So they need to make moves at the deadline. Yeah, that's a huge factor in all this stuff. What the Twins are going to do with the deadline? I, I worry that they might, you know, sit tight a little bit too much, or maybe they mm-hmm. see this as an opportunity to actually go win the AL Central and bounce back from what was a really disappointing year last year. I don't know. I don't have a good read on the Twins. And I don't think the betting markets do either. Like if you you look at them with plus odds, even though they've they've got the edge right there in the division right now.
2: So just only four games now currently separate. If you look at the AL Central, Minnesota, Cleveland and the White Sox, and we saw Minnesota and the White Sox being at the top, both in plus money. And of course the Guardians, as you mentioned, the most intriguing to win the division. What's concerning is the White Sox are nine and 14 straight up against Minnesota and Cleveland this year, as you look at the division race down the stretch. Hey, before we let you go, Drew though, I do have a question. As we look at, you know, all the teams we talked about and this could be anyone down the stretch, the trade deadline is a week away. What is the most intriguing team come trade deadline that you want to keep an eye out for that could definitely change your decision making as we look at the futures market in Major League Baseball?
5: My answer is whoever gets one Soto. <laughs> that, that feels yeah. like that's I mean, that's the lead story about, around baseball right now to add a 23 a year old who's on a Hall of Fame trajectory. He has kind of like underwhelming numbers right now, but I think a lot of that has to do with he's on an underwhelming overall team in Washington and he could explode down the stretch, which would whichever team acquires him. And right now it's the Cardinals, Yankees, Dodgers, Padres, Mets, Mariners have been talked about all, all there's seven teams that are in the running. And, and so yeah, I mean, that would be my answer. Whoever gets Juan Soto, there's interesting pitching options on the market. Luis Castillo, wherever he goes, if the Yankees maybe add at him or the Dodgers at him, that's certainly intriguing. Frankie Montas looked healthy coming off that shoulder scare, um, there, But other than those guys, like there's not a ton of high-impact starting pitchers out there. And as we've talked about throughout the course of this show, it feels like every contending team needs arms. And um, there's only like so many chairs at the table, and, and some of them are going to be left out.
2: Yeah, I feel like it's going to start getting pretty crazy with starting pitching market and trades in general over the next few days. So it'll be fascinating to follow, especially from the betting perspective, as we look to get involved with the division winners and just the NL and AL pennant. So everyone keep a close eye on that. I gotta say, moving.
3: Cardinals. I mean, you make a compelling case that the Cardinals totally. have the pieces to get Soto 16 to one for the NL is pretty, uh yeah. pretty interesting. Are the
2: Cardinals going to dish out a $500 million contract?
5: I, I think that extension can wait. Like maybe eventually, maybe they, they start negotiations like next spring, but it's, you know, baseball doesn't work like where there aren't like sign in trades, you know, like you, you don't have to, to, to get into those negotiation talks. No, not always 10. two more years. Right.
2: Guy making what? 18 million. Like, will, year,
5: yeah. Will they eventually do it? Um, I think they could. I, I think they print money and they've, they've, you know, run into like top seven payrolls before when they really feel like they need to get uncomfortable to they uh, under builds with the owner right now. They've always liked to have like a face of the franchise and they're willing mm-hmm. to pay big money to that face. And they're going to lose Goldschmidt and Arenado eventually to old age. And Soto could be the next guy that carries the mantle for what is, you know, a pretty proud franchise.
2: Okay, we'll see what the Nats end up wanting in return if they do deal him over the next week. Definitely the biggest storyline right now. Drew, we appreciate all of the insight. He's on Twitter, by the way, at Drew Silve And you could uh, listen on NBC Sports Edge's Circling the Basis podcast. And of course, check him out, um, his MLB Power Rankings. That's on NBCSportsEdge.com. Drew, we really appreciate it.
5: Yeah, thanks for having me.
2: It's going to be wild down the stretch, betting baseball, especially for you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh? oh, I'm betting baseball? Oh. Yeah.
2: You know you're going to bet baseball. At least it's like a week-on, week-off period for you, but I look forward to seeing what you bet. Are you on battle of the bats this week? That's you're Friday, yeah. some, Friday. are going to have to give out some baseball bets there.
3: I know, Probably.
2: All right. Well, you don't want to bet baseball right now. That's totally fine. There's tennis. There's other things on the horizon. And that's how we give out our edge of the day. Where are you going? Because by the look of it, you're not giving out a major league baseball play.
3: No, no, we're sticking to tennis. So effectively, today is the start of the North American swing. North American Swing basically is um, after Wimbledon. They have a couple of these smaller tournaments in the vacation destinations, like we talked about, Palermo for the women. And uh, this week, the men are in Umog, Croatia. Oof, man, talk about a beautiful part of the world. The Istrian Peninsula of Croatia is just showstoppingly beautiful. North American Swing starts in earnest with the Atlanta Open this week. Uh, we have a fun run up to the U.S. Open where we play in Atlanta, Washington, D.C., Uh, Then they go to Canada, and then they come back and uh, have Cincinnati before the U.S. Open. Uh, These tournaments are kind of increasing in terms of prestige and points and money. Um, They're all contested on hard courts, but of various speeds. Some of these hard courts are aggressively fast. Others are a little on the slow side, which makes it interesting because it gives pretty much everybody has a chance. Everybody on tour. You're a clay specialist. You'll have an opportunity in this swing to try to at least make a little bit of noise. And then on the flip side... If you dominate with your serve. You know, a week like this week in Atlanta is going to be big. Like the guys at the top of the market are your Curios, your Isners, your Opelkas. You know, the, the the big time servers, and that's because this is a relatively quick speed. I like today in the late game. I like uh, John Millman to come out victorious over Alexei Poprin. Poprin and Millman are both Australians. Neither guy really in especially good form right now. I, however, I would point to Popran's 2022 campaign as probably one of the more disastrous of younger players who is expected to at least make kind of one more run. Uh, he has been flat out bad this year. Milman, on the other hand, has a couple of nice wins on his resume in 2022. I have not downgraded him as aggressively as I've downgraded Poprin. Uh And I think in general, Milman tends to... E- you know, even though he's a little bit long, you know, he's he's a truly a a, a he defines journeyman in the on the ATP tour effectively, um, but he tends to bring his best late summer in the North American swing. I think he in general likes the speed of these courts. This week, next week, he has some impressive wins in his past. Uh, on and I think uh, John Millman should be the favorite. Uh, in this one by a meaningful margin. I make his price minus 120, 125 on the money line. He is currently 103 at points bet. And I think that's about as good as you're going to see for a player who, in my opinion, is clearly the better of the two, uh, but not quite getting the market respect because of his age.
2: So they have played each other five times. Millman's 4-0 in the previous four matches against Popperin. So minus 103. Yeah seems like oh, you can get, good. get
3: plus 100. It's even better now. Yeah, I'm looking think, uh, right
2: now. Live odds on yeah. plus 100. Okay. Plus money on this Monday. That's tonight, 6 p.m. 100% agree with you love your explanation. I get involved with all your tennis bets. You know that. Um, I'm going to take us for edge of the day to the Rocket Mortgage Classic because not much going on today. Um, and I like Cameron Young and I think a lot of people like him. We're looking at 18 to 1. I know he's going to be a popular pick and for that reason I'm getting involved early in the week to hopefully get the best number that we're going to see. Coming into Detroit as we know, incredible showing at the Open Championship. Finish a shot behind Cam Smith to finish second. But he also has four second place finishes this season. Four. And what's a little fun about about this tournament a little note I found is that two of the last three win- winners at the Rocket Mortgage Classic were first time tour champions so I'm going to take a shot on the rookie he has been so close this year so little weaknesses in his game he's now ranks top 20 in the world Cameron Young 18 to 1 second to last uh, tournament of the, the season here so FedEx Cup points I take Cameron Young 18 to 1.
3: God man he was knocking on the door at the open. That now was, re- that. was, that was real live. close. Yeah,
2: real close.
3: Rocket Mortgage Classic actually drew a really cool Andrews, com- fun all. competitive field. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, do I I think this is going to be a fun tournament. And it's uh, 18 to 1, 17 to 1 now, I think is a fun play for a guy who truly is coming into, you know, he's talk about a guy with good form. I mean, you know, Incredible this is form his, coming into yeah, his form numbers are popping. Great look. Let's go cameo.
2: Right now, most bet golfers, odds of course, open this morning on this Monday. Max Homa, Will Alatoris, who's 15 to 1. And then we're looking at Cam Young, 18 to 1, now 17 to 1. So the odds are moving. And, of course, we'll continue to do so leading up until Thursday. It's all we have here on this episode, though, of Bet the Edge. We'll be back on Friday, same place, same time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. Until then, for Drew I am Sarah and Thank you for being with us. Best of luck with all your bets. We'll see you guys right back here on Friday.